got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Check it out, George. Oh, baby. Today's the day while you love living in the Crescent City. 70 degrees, not many clouds, if at all. You even see one, send me a photo because I don't believe it. It is absolutely gorgeous outside. The weekend is going to be beautiful. Cool in the evenings and like this. In the afternoon, perfect weather for Pelicans Spurs. Pelicans Lakers, Saturday, Sunday, last night. Pelicans win. <laughs> Sets up meaningful basketball, baby. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday. Getting down on Friday. Everybody looking forward to the weekend. Party is partying. Party is partying. Fun, 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 fun. Looking forward to the weekend. It is. Friday, we got plenty to get into here on the 25th of March. As we said, Pels, what a win last night in the Smoothie King Center. One of the men that called the game, Ty Graffinini, joined us at 12.15. He felt it. I felt it. I think he even saw it. If you watched it on TV, it felt like a playoff atmosphere. And as we mentioned, the victory over the Bulls, 126 to 109 was fantastic back and forth it went you saw Isaac Levine was a star or is a star obviously superstar the NBA and then the Pels in a third quarter man that third quarter was just so much fun I'm gonna get into all of that and more including that win as we will definitely touch on that Ross Jackson 1230 there's some rumor going on on around here that's uh not here but just Tom Brady's trying to get traded to the Dolphins. I went to the source. I went to uh, one of the sources that knows sources, who has a source, who is a source. Roy, super Miami Dolphin fan. I asked him, and he called me. He called me this morning, and he just started laughing. He's like, man, that's just people hating on Tua. But there's that 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 chatter out there. Leo Haggerty at 2.30. I'll ask him in Tampa, what is he hearing? Any truth to this or not? Uh, so we'll chat about that coming up at 2.30. Marlon Favre at 2.15. His thoughts on what he saw from Brian Kelly um, this week. And in that presser, what stood out to him? There was two things I mentioned to you on the show yesterday that stood out to me that really... Um, I think it's gonna, I wouldn't say eye opening. It's just, it just kind of shows you what the Kelly era is going to be like, what football is going to be like at LSU, which is a little bit different than what it has been. Kenny Farrell at 130. The U.S. did not score yesterday against Mexico. Neither the day. It's a draw. Nil nil. One point apiece. Remember Pat Chicon Terry on Wednesday. Coach G said we need four. Four of the possible nine and you qualify. Sets up a Sunday matchup against Panama. Um, in, in the evening in Orlando, essentially you get that win. That's three points. You should be able to qualify there. We'll, we'll talk to coach a little bit about that. That was, you know, and I understand this. Look, we're, we, we love basketball. We love football. We love baseball in, in here, but, and it took me a while until a couple world cups ago when I started really following soccer a little bit more. And, you know, nobody scores. How can I be exciting? Yeah, if you watched that game yesterday, that second half was grueling. I, I was nervous the entire – it takes literally a second. Mexico just completely had the ball in possession the entire half. Yeah, I mean, the U.S. couldn't even get two touches together. They'd grab and kick it to the other side. So we'll talk a little bit about that coming up at 1.30. Rafael, 115, Sweet 16, got another slate of games. What did you think of the games last night? Arkansas knocking out number one overall Gonzaga. 45-42. Michigan coming up three points shy against Villanova, 34-31. And then the Texas Tech-Duke game, you know how this works, right? If if you're Duke supporter, it's great. If you can't stand Duke, the referees gave them that game, right? 78-73, the win there. And what about Houston? 72-60 over number one seeded Arizona. That was, um, that was a game that Houston controlled, really, throughout much. So you see that. Tonight... He got another set of uh, slates of four games. St. Peter's, Purdue, that is coming up at 6.09 on CBS. St. Peter's, the 15th seed against Purdue, a three seed. Providence taking on Kansas, a four versus one seed. Another Jayhawk team, that is a one seed overall with Bill Self. Can they eventually get to the final four? 
Got to get to the Elite Eight first. Got to win this game. That's on TBS 629. Uh, I know Juan Kincaid It's going to be amped up. Number eight, North Carolina. Number four seeded UCLA. 839 CBS. And then at 859 on TBS, Iowa State and Miami. Iowa State 11 seed. Miami a 10 seed. So we'll go through all of that and more. What you should use your DraftKings Sportsbook app for. Uh, all of that. So we'll do that with Raphael. Bottom of the side, as we said, uh, Ross Jackson. Next segment, the graph. All right, let's get to what obviously is our lead and what a game last night. Two separate moments in that game that I thought that really, really stood out. Levine's going nuts. No one can stop him. The referees. I mean, you, you got this sense and feel. It was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable. You're like, man, you're, you're battling everything. Just ticky-tack calls on the Pels. Couldn't get the shots going and everything. And, and then, then C.J. McCollum said... You know, enough of this. I'm going to take over. Went through a stretch in the game in which that guy showed you why so many Pels fans were just absolutely, you know, dying to get this guy. Because you saw why. You saw why. He's comfortable in those situations. The guy can play ball. Fight for the rebound. It got deflected by Williams right to Hernan Gomez. And this is why you push because you don't want him to be able to set defensively. Now, CJ, great crossover, drives in, got the bucket and won. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Certified bucket getter. You don't allow them to set defensively. You attack before they can get set, and you take advantage. John DeShays with the commentary there. And then you had this stretch where the guy that a lot of people couldn't wait to see, finally, with the Pels, show up. And he himself had a Larry Nance run. Couple of buckets from Larry Nance. Down low, Jonas. Great pass, and Jonas blew the shot. Oh, Jonas. Just blew it. Now White had it poked from behind by Nance. Steal Alvarado. Jose drives in. Bounce in to Larry Nance. And the two-hand flush. Hello, Larry. Great bounce pass by Alvarado. So this is when we were going back and forth, right? 88, 87, 88, 88, 99, 90. It was tied. Then the Pels went on a 9-0 run. Then the Pels went into a 17-4 run. Then the Pels outscored him eventually when you looked at it. But this was the key moment of the game. It started with this spurt, though. Larry Nance not only dunked. Devontae, double team, nowhere to go. Found Nance, left corner three. Hello. Hello, Larry. Good. Welcome to NOLA. Do you hear the fans, by the way? And then Jose Alvarado said, hold on, it's my turn now to go on a bit of a run. Eight minutes left in the game. Jose, teardrop, dotted line. There you go. That wasn't short. That is in. Yep, that continued. Largest lead of the night for New Orleans. Her foot on the arc. Get it to Jose. Catch and shoot, left wing three. Oh, yes, sir. Oh, my heavens. Look here. That young man's got cojones. Anytime cojones can, uh, can be used in a broadcast is what I'm talking about. And then again, to close it out, they made, you know, they had a bucket or two, and then CJ McCullum said, go home. Now CJ will run some clock. Shot clock at eight. Drives in. Bump Caruso. Pull up off the window. He called bank in downtown New Orleans. Caruso is the cleanest defender in the history of the NBA who, who commits contact on every play. <laughs> Timeout, Billy Donovan. It might be too late, baby. So again, 126-109 was the final. Todd Graffinini and John DeShays are there with that call. Uh, look, it, what I loved about that game was once again, the Pels finding ways to win with a, a handful of different players. You didn't have Brandon Ingram. There's Zion, who I'll get to the screaming A video here shortly, but literally was out of his seat most of the game. And you could see it. It's infectious. The way Devontae Graham, I didn't even play Devontae Graham highlights yet. I didn't even got to that. Devontae Graham was a monster last night. Absolute monster, including the break your ankles crossover, step back from, I don't know, 35. Graham. Deep. I mean a deep straightaway three is good. That's from the West Bank. Can you feel me? Can you feel me? He is going to wear his hair out the rest of the season. He better. Yep. Let the hair go out. 30 points for him. 8 of 12. Five threes. He had 30. McCullum had 25. Valanchunas, 16. Again, you just, Alvarado, 15 off the bench. It was just so much fun to watch because 
you had everything that you sort of feel in the playoff game, good and bad, right? The refs are out to get us. Uh, can't stop their best player. And then, yet, you just continue to see this team make plays. And, you know, I've said this. I, I don't know where they're going to go. I don't know if they make the play-in. I don't know if they win the play-in. And remember, it's two play-ins to get to that first-round series. The Pels, being 9 or 10, have to win that game, then play the loser of the 7-8 matchup, have to win that game to then be the seed, the 8 seed, and then take on, which right now looks like a dominating Phoenix team that's about to get CP me. So, but again, this is kind of what you want. And also... We can go into the details, how they won the game. We'll do that with Todd, but it's one of the reasons why I said it was so important. It is so nice to see Zion on that bench. You cannot not feel and think that that can't be infectious or good for anybody out there. Devontae Graham somehow squeezing his way between two bulls at one point in that game and then kissing it and throwing it in and an and one, which was remarkable. That one, you saw the entire bench come pick him up and then fix his hair. It's stuff like that, man, that, that's awesome. And again, I understand they're not hosting the Larry O'Brien. I understand that. And I'm about to get into one of our other questions of the day with the Saints. Everybody's freaking out about not getting all these free agents. Such breathe. Everybody breathe for a second. Build. Find out who you are. Create your identity. Where's your culture? What are you going to be? What, what are you about? You'll get there. At least that's that, but it's, it's easier to get there if you start doing the processes right. You start taking your steps and you start to see that. And that's why, you know, videos or comments back in the day probably agitated me more than they really honestly did when I saw it yesterday. You know, it, it, it's, there it is again. Um, you know, screaming A. Out there talking about, you know, knows for a fact that Zion don't want to be here. Again, my thing is you don't even watch. You don't even watch. The is, Wendy, Zion don't want to be there. And when he put out that video, it was the latest example of how they're not on the same page. He wants to play. He might be anxious to play, but he wants to play and averages 27-7 and seven and win games and do enough to solidify his status as a young star in this league. While always praying, somebody will get him the hell up out of there so he can end up in a market like New York or L.A. or something like that. That's Zion Williamson. They can say what they want. But I've heard enough to know that this is what the brother would prefer. And so when you've got Griffin holding him out, you've got a situation where a player in his camp may not necessarily trust Griffin. And they might think you being held out. Because we want you to play next year because the more you show now, the more pressure might mount to get me the hell up out of there, which is a problem that Griffin may not want to deal with. <laughs> how do you even comment on some of that stuff? You know, honestly, how do you even comment on some of that stuff? So playing him now in these 10 games going to build the pressure to, you know, here's here's the thing. That I look at, I just look at common sense a lot of times, right? It makes sense for Zion to sign the extension as soon as possible. Get that money guaranteed. He's been injured a lot. Guaranteed money is guaranteed money. We have seen James Harden. We have seen Ben Simmons, who has yet to play. Both forced their way out of whatever situation they were in. Harden's done it twice. If Zion's not happy in a year or two, when that extension does hit, he can do whatever he wants. If they're not winning in two years... Griff won't be here. I will get my pilot's license over at the Lakefront Airport, and I'll fly him to New York. What you're seeing with this team, and again, I referenced it yesterday. One of the New York Post writers, Daily Beat Guys, is literally tweeting, it's games like this that the Knicks should think about giving the Rookie extension to R.J. Barrett. The same guy, Jay Williams, yesterday morning said it would be a perfect pair for New York. They're a disaster over there. You want to talk about ownership situations? Dolan is one of the worst owners. He throws fans out. And boom. So it goes down. It goes back to, well, it's the market. Well, that's a you problem at that point. If you're worried about market size and playing there or playing anywhere, that, that's a you problem. That's up to you. But you can't tell me 
when you look at this team, what they're building, what they'll be able to have, and you're seeing this onswell, it's not a comparison. Aside from the fact that nobody, not Jay, not Screaming A, is telling me what the Knicks actually can have to offer in a trade. It's just, it's just silly. Let's talk to the Graf who was on that call yesterday. It's the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. He was a Midwestern boy on his own. She looked at him with those soft eyes so innocent and blue. Spring is finally here. At Greg LeBlanc Toyota in Homa, we're ready. With truckloads of fresh inventory arriving daily. Plus fantastic deals like the all-new redesigned 2022 Toyota Tundra. Or the fuel-efficient class-leading MPG with Camry and Corolla. Greg LeBlanc Toyota is also giving you top dollar for your trade. Go ahead and shop the inventory online now at GregLeBlancToyota.com. These outstanding deals won't last long. Nope. Greg's got the deals. Shop South Hollywood Road. How do you make the most of your mow? Tony and Melissa do it on a John Deere Z-Track mower so they can get as much done as possible. I jump out of the house, a cup of coffee, and I'm at work. It's just really fast. There are millions of ways to make the most of your mow. How will you make the most of yours? Nothing runs like a deer. Run with us. Visit Home Attractor today next to the tunnel. It's crawfish season, and Louisiana crawfish are ready for boiling. Rouse's Markets has special seafood boiling rooms in stores. Yep, these guys are professional boilers. Rouse's Market starts with the prettiest Louisiana crawfish, of course. But the key is the Rouse's Down the Bayou Seafood Mix. It's seasoned with just the right amount of lemon and onion and garlic and heat. Get Rouse's Louisiana Crawfish hot from the pot. 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. every day. That's 11 to 7 at Rouse's Markets. Tastes like home. Can we talk about sport? Real sports. Give us a hot spoonful of your opinion. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Oh, no. Throws it Oh, up. no. Player is answered. And one as he drives in and just throws it up and hope. He's fallen down. Nothing but net. He's- it's incredible, that play, and really the play of Devontae Graham last night. Again, Pelicans winning 126-109, our ninth place. Lakers in town on Sunday. They've been off. Since their last game, won't play today, won't play tomorrow. Spurs in town tomorrow. Todd Graffinini, voice of the Pels, right here on your radio network for Pelicans basketball flagship station. ESPN New Orleans at NT Graff, the way to follow him on Twitter. Todd, sir, that was fun last night. How can you not feel good on a day like today after that game last night in the Smoothie King Center and a couple of games coming up tomorrow and Sunday? I mean, what a glorious day. No, it really honestly is. Look, here's the thing. You and I talk, uh, text after the game last night about the atmosphere. We can get into that here as well. Um, what, what I enjoyed in a game like that is if you're going to be a playoff team, Todd, if you're eventually going to get to the situation where you want to get into conference finals, things of that nature, we, we saw this with the Saints, right? You're going to play tight playoff games. The year they won the Super Bowl, you, Pins and needles against the Vikings. I mean, you're going to be in games like this. So what I enjoyed was hearing Willie Green this week say, look, all of these games, this is a great learning experience for all of us. And in that game yesterday, you had three, four, five different moments where if those players don't have five straight, six straight, or two big buckets, or a big blocker, or a key steal, um, they don't win. And that's the signs of the makings of a good team. I'm not saying they're good yet. But they're the signs of making of a team that's going to find a way to win. No, they're getting there, Gus. And going through all of these experiences is only going to help them, obviously, in the last nine games of the regular season and beyond because this is the first time they've experienced these things in a Pelican uniform. Now I know that C.J. McCollum has been through the playoffs and gone through you know, the runs with the, with the Blazers and Tony Snell has been there and Larry Nance has been there. But in a Pelicans uniform, they have not been there. And that's the key. And they've got to go through these experiences. And this is kind of what we were hoping, Gus, two years ago, right when the pandemic shut everything down. Uh, You know, when 
when Brandon Ingram was in his first year here and you still had Drew Holiday and, and Zion was playing and, you know, you were hoping you would get into the run at the end of the season where the experiences of trying to get into the playoffs would help you down the road. Well, we are seeing this right now, right. and it can only help. And look, as heartbreaking as, say, the Denver game was, as heartbreaking as the Charlotte game was on Monday, you know, you can learn from those experiences as well, you know, not coming out on top and saying, what do we have to do the next time where we're not going to make the same mistake? And if you think about it, you were not quite the same situation as you were in Charlotte where you had to get stop after stop in the last couple of minutes of the ball game. But early in the fourth quarter yesterday, uh, in, in that Chicago game, you're thinking, wow, we're starting to come up on a Charlotte-type situation where we got to start getting some stops, and you've got to you know, shut down a guy like Zach Levine. And yeah. look, Levine, <laughs> who basically circles the Pelicans on the calendar every time that, that, that the schedule comes out, because the guy averages literally 38 points the last four times that he's played us. Um, and, oh, by the way, I don't know what Kobe White also circles the Pelicans on the calendar because the guy is a, what, 35% three-point shooter and just as lights out every time he plays the Pelicans. But, but you know that at the end of the game, like in the mid-fourth quarter, when it was still relatively co- close, Jose Alvarado was guarding Zach Levine. Yeah. And he was – Hurrying him up, forcing him into tough shots, forcing him into turnovers, and it was just a thing of beauty. But it's all about, again, Gus, the experiences that these guys are going through at the end of the year. It is only going to pay dividends in the very near future and in the distant future. Timing, a lot of times, has a lot to do with it. If I didn't watch the game and look at the scoreboard, I go, "Oh, Trey Murphy, nice seven points. That dunk, though, right? <laughs> that that right? You see, you started to chuckle there. Larry Nance, oh, that's nice, nine points. It was that point of the game, though. Little things like that matter, man. It's easy to look at what McCullum and Graham did and be like, well, those guys were key. They were. But if you don't have little things like that, Todd, that, that's how you win games. That's how you win playoff you, games, right? You, you could make a legitimate argument, and I don't know if you're going to get a whole lot of pushback, that that Trey Murphy dunk at the end of the third quarter was the turning point of the ball game. If you think about it, the third quarter ended up 23-23. Chicago was actually winning the third quarter right up until that dunk. And as a matter of fact, if you think about it, the possession before, Murphy hit a three. So he scored five straight points at the end of the third quarter. That is absolutely huge because it was a back-and-forth game up until that point. The Pelicans had a two-point lead at halftime, and if not for the Murphy dunk, the Bulls would have had a two-point lead uh, going or a one-point lead going into the fourth quarter. So it was a seesaw, uh, and, I, and I, re- I firmly believe that that dunk turned the momentum, and then Jose Alvarado did the rest uh, for the most part in that fourth quarter, yeah. what he was doing defensively. I mean, look, we were joking about it, but Alvarado Caruso'd Caruso. I mean, I, I think Caru- Alex Caruso is probably the biggest pest in the NBA. And I, call him the game, I call him the human gnat. I call him the human gnat. He is. If you watch that game, you know why. He is a guy you want to have on your team and absolutely, absolutely despise. I think he was key to the Lakers. He's key to the Lakers. Nope. That's why their defense nope. was so good. He just he comes in games, yep. either does a he hits a three, and you're like this dude, man, and he just I, he's just I, always I around know. you. I, I joked about it last night, also saying, you know, it's a shame that their general manager LeBron, I mean Rob Palenka, got yeah. rid of got rid of Alex Caruso, yeah. but Jose Alvarado Caruso Caruso, he hung out in the corner <laughs> and then sprinted he at did. him and forced he him did. into a travel. He did. And Alex Caruso had to be going. Who in the hell is this guy? Are you kidding me? This is what I which, do. Which, by this the way, I do. that not only has become a meme in the GIF, that's his thing now, right? The hiding in the corner is going to happen once a game. He's going to do it. The Brooklyn burglar. The Brooklyn burglar. <laughs> I mean, but Grand Theft Alvarado, Brooklyn burglar, you can, you can run him down. The guy is officially a cult hero in the city of New Orleans. And who would have thunk it? Undrafted. Yeah. 
two-way player. Yeah. And now, in a, and I say it every time I come on, Gus, you can't – he is an essential part of your team now. Yeah. He is absolutely essential. His plus-minus is number one as far as rookies. Number one. And it's not even close. Every time he's on the floor, good things happen. Every time. Uh, it's crazy. He tweeted 13 hours ago, the love is real, Nola, with the heart at 100%. Um, so look, again, we can go into that game, the, the key moments. We, we saw why CJ McCollum is so good, man. It's incredible what he brings to this team, not only this week buying lunch for everybody by, you know, getting two food trucks out there, but I, I just, I almost feel like he's a guy like him helps take the pressure off because Todd, these, these are all must wins. The, these, you, can't, you can't have a losing streak and with 10 to play. And I just kind of get that sense of feel. You see the calmness on the court. The willingness to do that, you bring in a guy like Nance as well. I, I think it goes beyond what they do on the court when we look back at wherever the season ends of getting this trade with those guys from Portland. I, I agree 100%. And look, on the court, he's pretty darn good, especially, and you talked about it. He's a calming influence, Gus. When you get into a situation where, you know, maybe you're getting into a, a four or five empty possession kind of a deal. And everybody's going, what in the world do we, what do we do now? What do we do? Oh, just give it to CJ and let him knock down a 15 footer and just, you know, say, I, I got this, guys. I, I, I got this. And, you know, he did that a couple of times last night. Um, and <laughs> I mean, you look up and it's, is he having a good game? Is he not? And then you look up and he's got 25 when it's all said and done. So he is a certified bucket getter, as my partner John DeShazer mentions often. Right. And it's great to have. And once you get Ingram back, and that's why here's the thing and why Ingram is so key when he gets back and you pair him along with McCollum and you saw what this team's possibilities are when they played together just post-All-Star break. Because now if C.J. or Brandon – has to go to the bench for whatever reason, either you know to take a breather or if there's foul trouble with him, then you're not going to go into a situation where both scores are off the floor. You can stagger them. You can have one or the other on the floor at all times, and that that saves those you know those droughts, those empty possessions. That you know, especially when you get into, well, <laughs> I was going to say a playoff situation, but we are in a playoff situation. Every possession is so key. You know, when you go into those three-minute droughts, and remember, Gus, in that Charlotte game, we went six minutes without a point in the fourth quarter, and that really was the was the ball game because when you had to get stops at the end, you weren't getting them, and that nine-point lead that you had built up mm-hmm. in Charlotte was whittled away because you were not scoring when Charlotte was scoring. So, you know, it, it's just he has been so good, and we really get to appreciate him now on a daily basis where, you know, when he was playing in Portland, you saw him four times a year. Right. And you knew he was a good player, but you didn't know that he was a really good player until you see him day in and day out. You watch him practice and you watch him, you know, interact with his teammates. It, it's a much different feel, and he is. He is the ultimate professional, Gus, and that's the highest compliment you can give somebody. Got about two and a half minutes here. Ross Jackson coming at the bottom of the hour. Um, tomorrow, before <laughs> the game, a sports talk, chalk talk, yeah. though, is taking place, sir, that we're all going to be a part of. Anyone that covers the Pels, you, Joel, Antonio, JD, everyone's going to be a part of that as well. And they're on our Twitter pages and stuff. It's super easy. You click the link, discounted tickets to the Spurs game as well, and it gets you access to that. So two for one, and it should be fun. There's a happy hour involved in there, Todd, um, that we can uh, enjoy Q&A with Antonio Daniels and Joel Myers, networking, all of that before the game starts. So I'm looking forward to that as well and, and meeting with fans, but also the game, sir. Um, what's the key here tomorrow? What's the key? Yeah, wow. You got a minute. Score more <laughs> score more points than the Spurs? I, I mean, look, they get, they're going to become – they are going to come out like gangbusters tomorrow, the San Antonio Spurs are. Now, not notwithstanding the scrimmage that they had up in Portland the other night. Thanks a lot, Portland. Mm-hmm. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, just sit everybody, why don't you? I think they won by 40, and it wasn't that close. 
Um, no, look, it's going to be really tough tomorrow. To me, and I know everybody's hyped up about the Lakers, Gus. I know everybody's hyped up about the Lakers. To me, the game tomorrow is more important. 100% if you agree. Beat San, if you beat San Antonio, you're going to have the tiebreaker on them. And you're not assured of getting in, but you're going to give yourself a pretty darn good chance of getting in that play-in situation because you can almost knock San Antonio out with a win tomorrow. Exactly. It's a massive, massive game at four. Because they can't finish tied with you to have to have one more win Correct. than you. And here's the other thing. you got the Lakers another time still to come in L.A. So take care of tomorrow. Thank you, Ty. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow, man, around one. I'll be there, baby. Yep, take care. It's a sports hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Ross Jackson next. Advanced Eye Institute and Cutoff is your hometown eye care provider. Dr. Darby Chasson is here to serve the eye care needs of your entire family. Full-service eye medical and vision services are provided in a friendly atmosphere. For the latest in designer frames to advancements in astigmatism and bifocal contact lenses, call Advanced Eye Institute at 985-632-2884 for your appointment today or visit our website at visionsourceadvancedeyecutoff.com. Within days of Hurricane Ida making landfall, Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacies were up and running, providing vital medication to our patients and visitors. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding you the lowest cost available on your medications. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let us review your options with you. Located in Rouse's Supermarket on Highway 3235 in the Rose or at the Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff, We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. From installing a smart garage door opener to installing a bathroom faucet to removing a tree, the Home Depot believes you can do anything, especially the things we have how-to guides for. Visit homedepot.com for thousands of tips, workshops, and ideas for projects, big and small. The Home Depot app. How doers get more done. Hey, uh, you see Tony's face? Yeah, he's using one of them Dollar Shave Club six-blade razors with six stainless steel blades for a close shave. His face is as smooth as a river rack. Smooth as a nice olive oil. Like a bowling ball. Like silk pajamas. Like a seal down at the aquarium. Like a ball of wax. Wax job? Hey, no one said nothing about a wax job, okay? Quit being a wise guy. Dollar Shave Club. For a noticeably smooth shave, find us in stores and at dollarshaveclub.com. What would you say? Hello, sports fan. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back, Sports Hangover, as always. Appreciate the time, Mr. Ross Jackson. You know, it's interesting, Ross, at Ross Jackson. Nola's the way to follow you on Twitter. As always, I appreciate the insight, the NFL stuff. I got to start with this. A, good afternoon to you. Hello, Ross. Yep, can you hear me? Yep, got you now. Uh, First off, (laughs) good afternoon to you. Um, (laughs) Secondly, let's see. We've had a couple of quarterbacks couple of receivers, Tyreek Hill, the latest, to thank their former cities. Ross, I know this is what you do. We're, we're still waiting for ADs, thank you, to the city. Meanwhile, we've had at least five NFL players, big-time NFL players, switch cities, switch teams, and say thank you. Just waiting. Yeah. Yep, okay. just waiting. Just waiting. Just waiting and tweeting. That's me. Okay, so I need you to help me with this. I, look, I love your analysis. We'll get on. We'll talk a little bit about that as well. But I need you to play the part of psychiatrist, I think, a little bit. Um, okay. or, or maybe be a co-psychiatrist here, because that's kind of what I do. I try to talk people either off the edge or myself. I, I get a sense and feeling that there's a, there's, there's a large amount of the Saints community that is not happy with the Saints offseason so far. Lack of mm-hmm. signings, lack of playmakers, things of that nature. It's our question of the day, and I'm going with it's understandable to an extent, and I'm not panicking on it. I can give you my take on it if you'd like, but what do you think? Like, there's some Saints fans that are freaking out that KC just gave a receiver $30 million, and I bet you 90% of Saints fans don't know who that was, much less that he caught less passes than Traquan Smith last year. 
Yeah, look, I, I think that it's an interesting piece, right? Because the first thing to always look at is, is this out of the ordinary? And, and the answer to me is no, this isn't out of the ordinary at all. This is what the New Orleans Saints do in free agency. They focus on in-house, they bring back their own guys, and then they go out there, they make, you know, usually like one big kind of splash signing. I feel like that was Marcus May this offseason. And then they go to, for lack of better term, the bargain bin, right? They go to the team-friendly contracts, the cap-friendly contracts, things like that. And so, you know, with Marcus Valdez-Scantling, for instance, who the Saints were uh, apparently reportedly the, the front runner on until Kansas City joined the conversation, what made the difference there might have been money, might have been cash value, but it also could have been commitment, right? The Saints were looking to give him a two-year deal. Kansas City was looking to give him a three-year deal. In the NFL, a two-year deal is usually just a one-year deal. So that makes a lot of sense for Marquez Valdez-Cantling to say, well, I'd rather have a job for three years or two years than to have a job for one year, so I'm going to go and take this three-year contract. Yeah. So, you know, that's not, it's not out of the ordinary. It doesn't mean that players don't want to play for the New Orleans Saints, which is another big one that I've seen here recently and things like that. It's just that there are a lot of different things that factor into contracts. Same thing with Toronto Armstead. He got a five-year deal after the age of 30, despite missing several games last season for injury. That's hard mm-hmm. to turn down at that point in your career. And so for me, I'm not panicking either. To me, this feels like this is just sort of what the New Orleans Saints do. They set a price with every free agent that they approach. If the free agent wants to go above that price, and the Saints move on, and they move on to the next guy. And I think the Saints will bring in signings, and I think they will bring in signings, more signings that are outside of the facility, as well as those that are from within the facility, and both of which have value. Otherwise, the Saints wouldn't do them, and then they'll head into the draft. 26% are concerned. 14.6 14.6 or where I'm at. Understandable, which I can explain in 10 seconds. Wait and see. 36%. The sky is falling 22. I put understandable because, Ross, to me, Teron Armstead just decided on what he was doing, who was mm-hmm. waiting to see what was happening with Deshaun Watson. That can't be overlooked, right? I mean, this team went all in, cleared cap space, did what they could to try to go get Deshaun Watson. They didn't get an answer till this weekend, so now they got to go into that. Plus, the other reason I think it's understandable is this. Not only about trying not to overpay players, and I like what you're saying, right? I mean, here's my cap number. I love Marcus Williams. Go get yours. I'll get somebody 4.5 less than you that's in the neighborhood. Um, mm-hmm. Things of that nature. I the, the two players everyone's freaking out about, we all kind of thought they were going to leave already. I mean, there's Saints fans right. that didn't want to pay Teron Armstead big money. Did you really want to pay him 17 and a half? I mean, I, it, so I, I understand it doesn't look like they've retooled everything, but you can't have it both ways. We can't sit right. here, Ross, and say we love Jeff Ireland and what they've done with the draft and how they grab all this and then not look at this draft that's stock full of receivers that you can get on a rookie deal. That's, you know, stock full of offensive linemen that you can get. This team has built in the middle of its draft. It's Friday, Saturday is basically is the – the, the meat of this team. So if you trust that, then why are we panicking? Right. Yeah, one of the things I talked about here recently was, well, if, you, if you're disappointed that the Saints missed out on Marcus Valdez-Scantling, can I interest you in Marcus Valdez-Scantling on a rookie contract? Because there's at least three of them yeah. in this year's draft between guys like Jalen Tolbert, uh, Romeo Dobbs, and let's just say Christian Watson, and that's without even mentioning guys like Drake London, who could be a first-rounder, and then uh, Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati, who one of the Saints wide receiver coaches just went to see, uh, along with Christian Watson a couple of days ago. And so I think that you're absolutely right. I think that the, the talent in the draft at wide receiver, as well as the talent, more specifically, not only the talent in this year's draft, but the talent that we have seen over and over and over again come into the NFL in their rookie season at the wide receiver position and immediately impact their team and immediately become one of the better players on their team and on the field. And a lot of those guys have been LSU guys, but for the New Orleans Saints, like you have to look at that and you have to understand that that's a viable ground for them in terms of where it is they want to build this position, where it is that they want to build this team. Exactly. <laughs> Aside from the fact, you know, go. I mean, pick an Ohio State receiver. If you want to go get one of those guys, man, I mean, you, you get what I'm saying, though? I mean, if you really yeah. – you can go get that guy. and It won't cost you um, – Nearly that much less the money you have. So I, I'm, I'm not freaking out, man. I, let, let's see what happens on this. That said, it was official, official this week. Uh, Jameis is back here as well. W- what do you think at the end of the day this offense sort of looks like, especially with him and Pete Carmichael? Do, do you kind of see him play more freely or freer this year? 
I think so. I mean, one of the, the the year that I keep going back to, and it's because it's sort of our largest sample size of Pete Carmichael is 2012. And that was the season where, of course, you had Drew Brees and Marcus Colson. You had a lot of talent. You had uh, Jimmy Graham, all that. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to refute any of that at all, but or ignore any of that at all. But we had Pete Carmichael call in plays. And Pete Carmichael called a lot of downfield plays that season. They went downfield quite a bit in that year. And so I think that that's something that you could look to see being implemented this year in 2022 as well. I mean, we never really saw the wheels, the training wheels come off for Jameis Winston in the 2021 offense. We sort of saw everything stay close to the line of scrimmage. He threw his highest uh, percentage of um, short as well as uh, passes behind the line of scrimmage. And he had, you know, a, a number one in the NFL touchdown percentage during that time, which included a five touchdown game to open up the season. But for the most part, I mean, we never really saw the, the the real aggressive offense that we thought maybe we would see with Jameis Winston at the helm. And I think that there's a reason why you end up with 14 touchdowns and three interceptions. And some of it is that you don't really lean into aggression very much. Uh, but I think the Saints can this year, and they should. Uh, I, I just look at this division, and your only competition within this division going into 2022 is going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And if that's the case, I think that you have to be willing to put your foot on the gas and try to take control of this division as best as you can. And I think that's a way to do it on offense. I think one of the things, too, is when you look at whether it's the draft, free agency, and things that nature can sort of help with this team. Look, I, and I get this. Um, the, the tight end position is, a, is an area that you would maybe look at. Is that something you see in free agency? Or is that something you think they can fix in, in you know, uh, the draft? Or do, do you think that maybe some development and, and maybe better play at receiver could help that position? Or, or is all cause lost with – with, with the players the team has on <laughs> No, No, I think it's the last couple of options that you mentioned. I think that, you know, developing talent at the wide receiver spot will help your pass-catching group as a whole. Agreed. I think further developing talent at tight end with the talent that you have with guys like Juwan Johnson, who, remember, is only going into his second year playing the position of tight right. end ever, uh, and Adam Troutman, who is still adjusting to the New Orleans Saints offense. And even if he doesn't adjust to the New Orleans Saints offense, you know, as a pass catcher or as a downfield threat or anything like that, he's a fantastic blocker for his team. So then the next piece is, do you want to go and get the refined pass catcher right now? And if so, you can go for, uh, you know, an older vet in free agency, like a Kyle Rudolph, for instance, would be a good option. Or you could go to the draft and you could find these guys like Jeremy Ruckert um, and uh, Greg Dolchitz out of uh, UCLA and, and a couple of these other guys that are really, really talented in this yeah. draft. And the uh, the Iowa State wide receiver who is incredibly athletic as well. So they, there's a lot. Excuse me, tight end. Uh, there's a lot of options in the draft. So I, I do think that you know they could go to free agency, but they don't have to. They don't have to with this. I think you're going to see some development from the guys that are there in whatever their roles are, and then you can invest in a in a refined pass catcher uh, in the draft. I've had too many wine nights, and I'm 46, Ross. But you mentioned the, the UCLA tight end. Was that the guy that just absolutely caught everything and literally ran over LSU people in the opening game? Yes, absolutely. That, that was exactly. Let's him. get him. <laughs> let's absolutely get him. <laughs> I'm going to feel about him like I did with the D-ball. I'm seriously, that guy was was a beast. <laughs> he really was, yeah. and that's my point. I really think you can address some of this. And you know what? We'll close with this, Ross. I also think, and it's that that, that harsh reality thing, right? After maybe a relationship happens or something. Like, where are you? Where are you? Okay. Uh, there's ridiculous amount of teams in EFC that are, that are a little bit, you know, a step or two ahead. Um, mm-hmm. there's some teams in the NFC, we'll, we'll step or two ahead. And, and here's the reality. You have a first year head coach in Dennis Allen here, here. I right. know he's d- did it before in, in, in Oakland. We don't know how P. Cart Michael is going to be as the play caller and, and, and guy like that. We're hoping Jameis and, uh, you know, Michael Thomas are healthy and come back and play well. We're hoping that Alvin Kamara doesn't miss too many games, if any at all. Things of that nature. So, I why not see what you have let, right now? You know, build it properly. Mm-hmm. It, you, know, you get what I'm getting at, Ross? Like, it, we're, this isn't where we were a couple of seasons ago where it's Super Bowl or bust. I, I know fans love that. I know the organization is always going to say that's the goal. But let... I would rather see this team be smart, acquire talent, get some young pieces, 
find out the rest of this foundational piece, which you saw last year, like with the Debo. I think Peyton Turner's going to be one. Pete Werner. Like you found some things. So now let's right. let's do that, Ross. And then moving forward, you'll be a perennial playoff team again. Yeah, I think you want to try to be as competitive as you can immediately, of course. But, I mean, if you look at the identifiers that are out there, like, I mean, Jameis Winston getting a two-year $28 million deal with $21 million guaranteed doesn't really tell you that he's your quarterback of the future. It right. tells you he's your quarterback for right now. Sure. And so I think the New Orleans Saints are looking at two, three years down the line, what can we do now? What can that team do right now, that front office do right now, to prepare them for when they take their next step? So I think there is a little bit of a rebuild or a retool that has to happen. There are a lot of questions that have to be answered at you know each coach and, and coordinator spot. You've also got you know co-defensive coordinators, which doesn't happen very often in the NFL, so it's inherently going to raise some questions. Uh, the Pete Carmichael questions, the the Dennis Allen questions. You're also you're going to have all that in these like first year endeavors. Right. And so I think that you do have to sort of have an eye on not only how can you compete right now, but what can you do to make sure you don't lose traction in terms of your development over the course of the next couple of seasons. You know, there's a phenomenal 2023 quarterback class coming up. There's a phenomenal 2024 rookie quarterback class coming up. Exactly. Can you benefit from one exactly. of those draft classes? Doesn't necessarily mean that you have to lose out and get the first overall selection right away. But can you benefit from those draft classes that have several good quarterback options that you can potentially invest in? Or is there somebody this year that you're willing to invest in for 2023-2024 as your starting quarterback? And so I think all those things are are definitely possibilities. And if if you're a good franchise and you're a good organization, you're always looking two, three years down the road as opposed to just how do we do, how do we survive right now? There you go. This is why I wanted you on today. Talk, and I wouldn't even say talk sense, just to kind of just paint the broader picture to Saints fans that are, that maybe wish we would be a little more active. Just, just relax. Yeah. It'll be fine. Thank you, Ross, as always, man. Appreciate the time, sir. Hey, buddy. Always a pleasure. Talk to you here soon. Yep. At Ross Jackson. Nola is the way to follow Ross over on Twitter, locked on Saints, among many, many things. Uh, it's a sports hangover in ESPN New Orleans. Wonder if you should get tested for colorectal cancer? Well, it's the second leading cancer killer in the U.S. And screening helps prevent it. So if you're 50 or older, it's time. Even if it doesn't run in your family. Most often, colorectal cancer occurs in people with no family history. And it doesn't always cause symptoms, especially early on. So don't wait for symptoms to get tested. Screening helps prevent the disease by finding precancerous polyps so they can be removed. Remove the polyp, prevent the cancer. Screening also helps find colorectal cancer early when treatment works best. You might be thinking, oh no, not that test. But here's the thing, you have options. There's more than one screening test. Talk to your doctor to find the one that's right for you. No more excuses. If you're over 50, get tested. Because colorectal cancer screening really does save lives. A message from HHS and CDC's Screen for Life campaign. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. This is ESPN Radio. Anthony Munoz, Hall of Fame, offensive tackle. The last time this franchise won a playoff game, I was actually playing. That was a long time ago. Great Barry Sanders. I just kind of lull you guys to sleep in the first half and then come out with a bang in the second half. Ended up working well that day. Go ahead and talk that humble trash. Four-time Pro Bowl quarterback Jeff Garcia. It's a lot harder to speak from the offensive side when you're the target. Jimbo Fisher. We can make A&M the premier program in the country. I truly believe that. Andrew Thomas, offensive lineman for the New York Giants. Yeah, the game has definitely changed, but... 
you won't have to plan until you get hit in the mouth. Todd Haley, head coach and general manager of the Tampa Bay Bandits, USFL. It's like I used to say to you, Keyshawn, if we were playing pickup, I'd pick you first. Falcons linebacker Brandon Copeland. You just hope that the heat adventures don't stop working on you, as they always tend to do, if you know what I mean, you know? The biggest names in sports come here. It all starts with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max at 6 Eastern and continues all day. This is ESPN Radio. Let's hit it. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back. It is the Sports Hangover 800-998-1003. Open segment here. Open segment next one as well. Rafael Esparza at 115 will join us. Looking forward to chatting with him as uh, we'll go over tonight's Sweet 16 games. Four games on tap. I wonder if they'll be nearly as exciting and you'll have as many upsets. As we did last night. Kenny Farrell at 1.30 on the USA-Mexico game. Nil-nil, but the U.S. got a point. They take on Panama on Sunday night in Orlando. Pretty much you win, you're in. It's kind of what it's at. But we'll talk a little bit about that. Marlon Favre at 2.15. Leo uh, coming up at 2.30. Rest of the way, we you know want to hear from you. Pels fans, I want to hear from you about this weekend. It's one of our questions of the day that we have thrown out there here. And... You know, again, how big is this weekend's Pell's game? Are you planning on going and maybe hadn't planned on going? Which, by the way, um, in the next two hours, I will give away two tickets to, to, uh, to tomorrow's Spurs game. And I'm going to split the four tickets we normally get into uh, two tickets, uh, two pairs, if that makes sense. I couldn't think of how to properly say it. Two pairs for the Lakers game. So, probably going to do the Lakers games in hour two. And probably going to do the Spurs tickets next hour. So, I'm going to have two tickets to the Spurs game tomorrow. Now, I'm going to have two pairs of tickets for the Lakers game on Sunday. Got to go, though. We might have some fun with one of them. I might have you call and give me your best screaming name. Um, anyway, that's one of the things that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious about here as well. And I, I only bring that up, 800-998-1003, because Mr. Black, I'll get to you in a quick sec. I, last night, the game hadn't ended. It, it's still in the fourth quarter. It was looking good. Hadn't ended. And my phone started, you know, going off, asking for tickets and request. And after the game, my phone continued to go off. It, it's gone off again this morning. I only have so many, and I want to give some on the air, so... <laughs> Friendships are being tested right now based off of this. But I love this. I like this. I don't think there's going to be a problem in having people Sunday because of the Lakers stuff. The Pelicans are actually trying to make sure there's not a many gold jerseys out there. Did you see in the broadcast yesterday, and I've seen on social media, uh, a lot of the different guys that are covering the team have posted that as well as we've been giving the info. Discounted concessions for wearing Pell's gear. You can look at it both ways. You can be like, really? That's what you have to do? I hear you. But at the same time, if you already have it, then take advantage of it. So yeah, well, wear your Pell's gear. You're going to have discounted concessions on that. Um, I think tomorrow is crucial. It'll really help you. If you can get tomorrow, I really feel that the you know, the, the eight remaining are about seeding. You're going to get the Lakers again in L.A. coming up. Within about a week and a half. So you're going to have a, a chance to see them again. And beat them again. Which you did in L.A. last time. And this is a back-to-back. It's going to be hard. LaBou's been just chilling. Been resting. Hadn't played. Didn't play Wednesday. Off yesterday. Off today. Off tomorrow. Like the whole team is. Tomorrow's key. You can go up three games on the Spurs. With eight to play, they 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 have to they have to not tie you. They have to have a one more win above you because you own the tiebreaker. That's how big tomorrow is. You essentially really make it difficult for them to pass you up. That's why tomorrow's key. So I'm interested if knowing the way this weekend lines up, are you actually looking for tickets? Are, are you actually looking to go to this game? Are are you talking to your wife? You're talking to somebody's like, you know what? Maybe we should go to this game. Based off of what you're seeing right now. Mr. Black, thanks for calling us, sir. What do you have today? Hello? Yep. Hey, buddy. Uh, yeah. Good evening. 
How are you doing today? Doing fantastic. First man first. I love that full court. Mm-hmm. I love that full court. I want to give me some thinking late. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't <laughs> okay. call in yesterday. Right. But today, uh, I talked to my lady. She said she can see can She give me some thinking. You know what I'm saying? But I told her we're going to go 3-0. Just a few minutes ago, you hesitated saying. I think we're going to go that 3-0. and You remember yesterday? I you did. You called. 3-0 three, three you home. Did. You did. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I went. I got off of work, and she already she had some ticket for me. She said, she, I heard you on the radio because she listened to you, too. Mm-hmm. So she told me, since I heard you on the radio, proud for the ticket, so we got some nosebleeds. Mm-hmm. But we win again, like we always do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I'm a fan, but now I just got to bring me my Pelican shirt so I can have discount on some concession now. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. other than that, <laughs> man, I'm looking forward to these next two games at home. Yeah. You know what? Here's the what thing, you, too. You know I, I remember now. I always reference it back to you. It, it's it's silly because um, I just it's kind of what it is. Back in the day, we do this all the time, right? Back in the day of our youth, like when I could actually, you know, play sports or that one time at the, you know, we all went out or you know, whatever. We always like to go back in the day. Um, we we'll remember things, but in reality, you know, the the Chris Paul Tyson Chandler run that they had, man, where they knocked yeah. out the Mavs with yeah. Nowitzki. You're a flopper. I mean, having the entire arena yell that to Dirk in, in that series and, and being there for the series clincher, and then you go up three one on the Spurs, man, and then you know it's you and the Lakers, Western Conference. Like this is happening. Like I, we have watched this on yeah. NBA. You know, we've watched this on TNT. I've watched this. Like it's happening though in front of us. You remember, Mister Black? He couldn't get a seat, yeah, dude. Yeah, I, mean, I remember it, that album. Dude, it was incredible. Davis too. Yeah, I was going back then. Ever since, ever since they came back, and when they first started New Orleans, man, I've been gone. I remember back in the day when I was young. I'm 48 years old, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And my dad used to bring us to the pickup games, you know, when they were playing, professional pickup games down in New Orleans. So I've been, I'm, I'm a basketball fanatic. I love them. Yeah. I don't care if I got to get the cheap ticket, at least I'm in the stadium. When they win or lose, bad or good. Sure. You know, I was there when they was up, when they had to live home field down with um, Chris Paul and all that. You know, we made, Lil Wayne made a song with CP3. You know what I'm saying about CP3 there. I was there. Yeah. I loved it. I, nah, I'm loving them now. And even when uh, AD and Drew, you know, swept the Blazers and they got the Golden State Warriors for their, their reward. But still, though, look, man, that that's what you want to see, right? I, mean, I, had, you a good, to see... I had a good day. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I had a good day. You had to bring up AD, huh? No, so but that's my point, day. though, is that you, you wanted to see that. And that's what I like about this. I, yeah. Again, I don't know where it's at. But I'm glad, and this is why I advocated for not that I had any voice or say at the end of last season because they didn't agree to that into the off season that they were going to bring back yeah. the play and stuff. But yeah. you remember Le- LeBron all last year? That's terrible. We don't need it. Guess what, LeBron? You didn't have the play in game this year. You wouldn't be in the playoffs. So you know, yeah, you don't hear him saying yeah. you didn't care for it now, huh? But here's the thing, man. Yeah. It, how much excitement have they actually now had? When you take a look at it, if you had to be in the eighth, nice. it, this, it wouldn't be like this. Now, every game matters, the final nine. Literally, people yeah. want to go this weekend, not just because of the Lakers and the Spurs, but your scoreboard yeah. watching, your pacing, you're looking at other games, all of this by just simply saying, hey, we're going to have two extra games. You two guys play 7-8, 9-10. Loser 7-8, you play the winner of the 9-10. Fantastic. The winner of that game is the eighth seed. I love it. I mean, it's it, it's it's great. You add competition. You add a you know three to four, five other cities yeah. now pay attention. Your ratings go up. San Antonio's watching. We're watching. You know, I mean, it's it it, yeah. it just it makes sense, man. I, I I'm glad. Yeah, I they like did. the play. I'm liking it. I'm, from where we started from from the last year with three different coaches, man, I love it. Yeah. It, it, don't get me wrong. It's it making us tough. We are Willie Green now. Man, it's, it's nice. I, I love. You start the two and thirteen the without the play, and you're not even. I mean, you're not even. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, well, I, I have I you down. I, I have like you. That. I have you down. You said three and zero. Oh. If that happens, I'm going to reward you because I can't give away the tickets until Buddy tells me. But I'm I'm saying now, if they do go three and zero, oh, because you did call it, I will get you tickets to an upcoming game. All right, Bubble Bill said anyway. 
All right. Because my wife you. just texted me. She just texted me. Yeah, I'm going to that sad. There you so, go. I don't know about Sunday. Sounds you know, good, I'm man. I'm going to wear my Pelican shirt. All, All right. right. I'll go to the game. Yeah, do it. You get discounted concessions. Thank you, Mr. Black. Appreciate it. Hour one is in the books. Hour two is next on ESPN New Orleans. Your new Ford dealership in LaFouche Parish is Calvin Braxton Ford. You may need your vehicle serviced, but you don't want to drive too far. Get ready for some good news. The Calvin Braxton Ford Service Department in Lockport is now open. And better yet, they truly want to keep your vehicle running at its best. Now offering a special on gas-only oil changes, just $39.95 up to 5 quarts. Plus, with four new tires, your alignment is only $69.95. Yeah, Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates on auto insurance. But what does that mean? Surprising. This often means something comes out of nowhere, like finding that $20 bill.